This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo Radio. We're sitting around 12th place, so all that stuff we've been going through, you've been doing a good job keeping your head about you. Team, good job. Sit 12th. Make the best out of this thing. You're now listening to the Dale Jr. Download presented by Spy. Check out Dale Jr.'s signature Dirty Mo sunglasses from Spy at spyoptic.com. Hey, everybody. It's Junior. Um, post-race Bristol. Had a lot of fun. Pretty tough little racetrack. Always uh, a good time. I was reading a lot of comments on Twitter. It's kind of funny how people, some people like the new Bristol, what we call the new Bristol. Some people like the old Bristol. I myself would love to see it with a layer of asphalt on it one day. But um, I doubt I'll ever get to drive that, but I'll probably, maybe I'll get to see that one day. But I don't know, I've never been a big fan of concrete, but still, it's a one-of-a-kind place. you got to love short track racing. And uh, when you put those kind of banks on a half-mile track and get that kind of speed, and it's just so unique, something we just don't see that often. You get kind of bored with all these mile-and-a-halves, and, you know, they're all different too. But it's just short track racing is something I don't think we do enough of. And these guys are, you know, there's not really a lot of new tracks popping up, but if they were to build a new track, and I don't know why somebody wouldn't want to try to build another Bristol. Anyways, great racetrack, a lot of fun. Look forward to going there and, and running this past weekend. And we had a good time, actually. Uh, the car was pretty good uh, right off the trailer. I thought we had good speed. I think we were the fifth best car in practice, uh, surely in the top ten. In qualifying, uh, we had you know okay run in practice on a muck run, but when we went out there to actually make our qualifying run, we were wrecking loose, and we finally started to make some adjustments and ran an okay lap, but... Still real disappointed with how qualifying went. That's always been frustrating. We've improved a little bit over the past couple of years, but still it's not where it needs to be. And uh, we're, you know, I don't really have an answer for that, but we're just always trying to improve. Put qualifying behind us as quick as we could and felt like we had a good race car and um, got the race underway and was really quick, passing cars, able to move around, change our line, and the car had good grip in the center of the corner in the front, the car was turning good, which is real important there. So things were looking good. We had a little trouble on pit road on one of our first stops. We had to come back down, uh, I think a lug, uh, a couple lug nuts fell off the wheel as it was going on. So we had to come back down pit road and put the lugs, missing lugs back on the right front and went ahead and changed the left side. So that put us in the back. It's real hard to pass there, and I didn't do a real damn good job of trying to work the traffic as quickly and as efficiently as I could in that run, so we ended up getting caught by the leader and eventually put a lap down. Uh, Greg made a good call early to take a wave around, and we had about 80 more laps of fuel. Really nothing to lose there, so that was a great call. Had a quick caution and was able to get back on the lead lap, get some tires. You know, I think we moved up into the top 15 but got lapped again just because of how difficult it is to pass there. I mean, you can get hung up behind a lap car and lose half a damn straightaway. You know, the leader's coming, you know, he can get there quick, so. And they were some, uh, you know, the 18, the 22, 19, those guys were running some pretty badass laps and getting around there pretty quick, so. We ended up uh, getting a lucky dog, I think once, maybe twice. I don't even remember, but we were running good enough to be in position to do that, so, you know, you know it's, not, it's not nothing to be proud of really to be the lucky dog but hey you got to be running good to get in that position so I think we were in 12th place getting the lucky dog one time or the last car on the lead lap it was freaking crazy how many cars they were lapping how fast the pace was for the leaders early in the race at least the first 300 laps uh late in the race uh actually trying to stay on the lead lap I slapped the hell out of the wall in turn three and four real hard with the right rear and bent the wheel so Probably moved some things around. Probably bent the rear and housing a little bit. So, um, it tore the side up too and maybe hurt some of the side force in the car. Ran into the wall again later in the race in turn one and two pretty hard. Trying to get in the corner real high and get the center to turn and try to get off the corner better and just went in the corner over my head. So, you know, done a lot of damage to the car and beat the car up pretty good. But we ended up getting in position late in the race, you know, to, to get a couple of good restarts on the outside and take some track position. So we all, we, I think we got up to third at one point and was ch- challenging Brad Keselowski till, uh, for second till he sort of, you know, saw my line and 
started running mad and pulled away from him. But felt good about it at that moment. You know, started getting real confident that we might be able to get in position on a few of them restarts and, you know, have some more fun. But I think the damage I did to the car uh, hitting the fence hurt us on that last run. You know, we had pretty good speed on the front end of the run and the back end of the run was pretty slow. Car lost a lot of grip sliding around the back and the front and just loose end, tightness center, just a lot of problems with the balance. So we uh, settled in and we got the best finish we could there at the end. But I really, uh, you know, if you hang around and don't do anything too crazy, you can finish in the top 20 there pretty easily. Uh, if you got, you know, good great equipment, obviously. But, uh, you know, just stay out of trouble and let everybody else make, you know, make their own trouble. But it's a, you know, it's a fun race. I really enjoy running there. Look forward to going back. Felt like we made some gains on our speed there last several trips. It feels like the car is getting a little bit better and a little bit better. So we'll see how it is next year. But we got to work on this uh, this chase. We got to get ready for that. We got a couple races left before that happens. Uh, so we're trying to learn as much as we can. I think that it's been, you know, it's been commented on in the media and Jeff, Jeff and myself and Ducart and all the people at Hendrick are certainly aware that we need to uh, make some gains and work real hard to try to improve to put ourselves in a more comfortable position going into the chase so we're more confident about our opportunity to win a championship because you know we're we're definitely seeing some teams perform really well right now and just trying to figure out where we need to where we need to improve to to give them a hell of a run for it i'm not too concerned you know the sport can cycle pretty quickly and uh, hopefully we'll peak at the right time but we're working hard we've got an off weekend coming up we're going testing wednesday at homestead there's a three-day test there. Uh, we were fortunate enough to get to go the third day, so we'll be able to go out there and learn some stuff. I really like running that track anyways. Testing there is pretty fun. Probably going to be pretty warm, but I'm looking forward to going there and trying to learn something that can help us going into the rest of the season. We'll see how this off week goes, try to enjoy ourselves. I think a buddy of mine, I'm, <laughs> a buddy of mine is getting married, and I'm going to be in the part of that wedding, so looking forward to that. Maybe I'll take some notes. You know, try to recharge our batteries this last off weekend for the rest of the season. And this season has went by pretty fast, and I think the end of it's going to go by just as quick. So we got to enjoy it, and we're looking forward to getting to Darlington in a couple of weeks. We've got the low down force package there, uh, a lot of throwback schemes. So looking forward to going there and having some fun. Hopefully with that low down force package and the track surface aging a little bit, we're going to see some of the old school Darlington come back. A lot of Darlington stripes, and uh, hopefully some great racing and a good finish. So you guys enjoy the download. I'll talk to you later. All right. Good stuff from Dale Jr. here on the download presented by Spy with Amanda and Mike. I'm Taylor. Mike, would you like me and you, would you like me to eat some crow? Would you like to, to recap the race, uh, or would you like me to start going completely crazy and doing cartwheels over the paint scheme that was unveiled for Darlington? Do I have to wait any longer? Do I have to wait until later in the podcast to do that? Or can I go ahead and tell you how excited I am right now? Uh, wait on the paint scheme excitement because I think the eating crow part was probably <laughs> higher on my priority list. <laughs> he didn't win. He, you know, I, I'm real. I'm Listen, I was wrong. Um, I was dead wrong. And I really hear. Here's the thing. Let me just say this, though. I thought qualifying was going to go a lot better. I don't I know really that Amanda did. and I have been as giggly as we have right now. This is so I funny. I was dead flat wrong, all right? And I'd like to apologize to all the Junior Nation for my prediction. It's not as crazy as Hold up. Uh, did, maybe somebody else's about Watkins Glen the did, last three years. but I think we did better at Watkins Glen. No, but, you but know. Did Bristol. anybody bring it up to you yeah, on Twitter? <laughs> or did you just stay off Twitter? Or, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, a really good friend of mine is the president of the Miami Dolphins. And I'm not name dropping. I'm just trying to set a scene here. He's the president of the Miami Dolphins. His name is Mike Tannenbaum. And he invited me and my family to go sit in the Dolphins suite at the Panthers game on Saturday night. So I said, all right, well, we're going to have to record this race. And, uh, and in fact, Mike actually turned the race on for us in the in the suite <laughs> and with the Panthers game in front of us. So I got to watch just about every lap there and then came home and watched the rest of it. Uh, but I was leaving the, tr leaving the stadium. All right. About the fourth quarter preseason game. And some dude out in the street 
outside of Bank of America Stadium said, bet you ain't going to make any more picks, are you? I was like, come on, really? Like, I, Betsy, my wife looks at me like, what's he talking about? I was like, oh, just don't worry about it. How does he know who you are? I don't know. I swear to you, outside Bank of America Stadium, some dude says, I bet you ain't going to make any more picks, are you? Were you wearing your Dale Yash shirt at the no. game or something? No, I was not. I was just wearing normal clothes. Was Betsy? She was terrified <laughs> is what she was. Yeah, no, she was not wearing the Dale, the Dale Jr. Uh, sleeveless. No, <laughs> the Wrangler sleeveless, no. I, I think about it, but uh, I will not be making any more picks on the show. Well, I don't know. I mean, you might have a feeling. I think Dale Jr. in the most beautiful Valvoline nationwide 88 car is going to finish last in Darlington. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Revert, no reverse psychology. I'm making no more picks on the show. <laughs> Just stick to reporting it, right? I think that's what we should both do. Can <laughs> I get to how great the paint scheme is? Sure. I mean, yeah. It's Mike, aren't you fired up for that thing? I love it. I love it. Valvoline going way back. I was hoping that that was the one that they were going to unveil. Yeah. Honestly, didn't know. Uh, I did know a few days ago, but I. But when I found out, I was hoping that was what it was going to be. And man, it exceeded my expectations. It looks good, and I can't wait to see it under the lights. Yeah, I can't either, man. I, I'm. Uh, I, I I was really fired up to see that. Now, there are so many paint scheme changes. Not just with the 88 and Dale Jr., but everybody. And I love college football, and it seems like everybody wears a different uniform every day when they go out and play football, except for the, the beloved Crimson Tide. But even Notre Dame's changing clothes all yeah. the time now. Yeah. But uh, So I, I say that to tell you, Mike, I don't get nearly as fired up over paint scheme changes as most people do typically. I'm pretty fired up over this one. Well, it's, it's Kale. Yeah, I mean, Kale, yeah. Yeah, Kale, yeah, he didn't just say that. <laughs> oh, no, it's on the front page of NASCAR.com. Are you serious? Dead Kale, serious, yeah. yeah. Hey, Taylor, did you see the video I tweeted uh, on Sunday? While I was in church, by the way, a friend of mine, Blaine Seller, sends me a text uh, with a link. And it is uh, Ty- uh, Stephen Ty- Tyler. Tyler saying, Dale, yeah. Oh, I did not see that. Yeah, you got to go to my Twitter feed. It's Steven Tyler. He says it like three times. He's well, kind of singing. It's time, now it's time to see, say Kale, yeah. It's, Maybe we can get him to say that. He's kind of singing it. I, I was like, when Blaine sent that to me again in church, <laughs> I had to tweet it. <laughs> I, like, I had to. Yeah. That, was a, that was a highlight moment. I need to check that out for sure. But I'm, I'm really fired up about the paint scheme in Darlington. And I'm not making any predictions. That car would look great. In, uh, oh, stop! Just stop right there. <laughs> Just stop already. Just. Let's get to let's get to Bristol. There's a lot to uh, digest. Uh, before we get to to all the race audio, a few things I, I want to talk to y'all about. Dale Jr. Just mentioned new Bristol versus old Bristol. I have camped at Bristol four or five times. Love it there. It is maybe my favorite place for a spectator sporting event. I mean that in all of sports. It is the the and he's right. If if I were to build a track, I would build a short track. And I agree with him. I would build an asphalt short track, and I would have a coliseum, just like Bristol. You, you just feel like you're in some sort of really important place when you're in there. And there's nowhere for the noise to go. It's a, a throwback place. I love the atmosphere. I do like some of the changes they've made in the last few years to make the racing a little bit better closer to the fence, Mike. But absolutely old Bristol. I, I would prefer some asphalt being laid down on that track where, where you could really see some beating and banging there at the end. Logano holding off Harvick was phenomenal. A few years ago, uh, Kenseth holding off Kane was phenomenal. But as the laps go on and they're 50 to 100 laps on a green flag run, I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more competition. And I think we might get that if we had some asphalt. How about you? I think everybody feels the same way. I wanted asphalt well before this weekend's race. I mean, yeah. that, the asphalt at Bristol, back the way it was, uh, you know, back in the 80s, uh, that hmm. was the way to race. I mean, that, that's, that was also when Dover was phenomenal. The racing at Dover was just incredible. But anyways, I mean, that, like I didn't need this past weekend's race to, to feel that way. I, right. I was like you, though. I was a little underwhelmed by the, uh, the competition, the competitiveness uh, mm. of the race cars. I mean – when you can't pass at Bristol, what what can you do other than just wreck? Or you know, you know, Carl Edwards had a flat tire, and you know, so it started becoming like actual mechanical issues that were causing the fallout of a Bristol race. Well, that's not why you fall out of Bristol. You fall out of Bristol because somebody wrecked you, or you yeah. know, you got you're coming across the race, or you're trying to avoid another wreck, and they were coming down the track or whatever. And uh, so it lacked that. It's it certainly did. 
I'm not so sure that they knew that that was coming. I don't know. I I, I didn't get the feeling like this. Uh, what am I trying to say? I I feel like they were all surprised. Mm. Uh, by by the way, the lack of passing. Mm-hmm. The only one that seemed to be passing was the leader. Man, they were putting lap cars down. Uh, and Kyle right. Busch after that uh, penalty at the at the end, the last fifty laps, him coming through the field was nuts. But uh, I mean, he's always it, been great there. Here's my problem with it. I know that there's racetracks where you have restart lines that are preferable mm-hmm. over others. You mm-hmm. know, outside groove versus inside groove. We've we've talked about it countless times here. I just hate it when it's Bristol. You know, yeah. I mean, like no, Bristol- you you want both lines to go and listen. It was to the benefit of our driver. It being in the outside line it, it was a couple of Dale. times. Okay, yeah, but, the last four restarts, Dale right, was in the outside. But, but to your point, it'd be great if, look, either line is going to work. And we've seen Martinsville is an example of that. Sometimes it's the outside, sometimes it's the inside. Uh, most of the time you want to be on the inside there. But, right. Uh, but, 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 but regardless, but that's it, it goes track. back and forth. It's flat track, Martinsville. I mean, like, you just know what you're going to get. Bristol, I just – On it a kinda, high bank track like that, right, you want to see – it kind of stinks that you yeah. had that. I mean, I think back to the day before – in the Xfinity Series race, Kevin Harvick, who was running one of our cars, mm-hmm. I think he restarted on the inside every single I restart. That, that yeah. guy couldn't. Every time there was a caution or when he pitted and came out of it, he always ended up in the odd line. Yeah. The odd and you don't want to see, you don't and see and a race lost, decided that way. And Kevin Harvick yeah. lost positions after every restart. Now, that ought to tell you something. Yeah, that's... That's a good point. Hey, listen, he was a uh, Dale Jr. was a battling sob on uh, that whole team was on Saturday night, and I, I loved watching how hard they fought to finish ninth. And yeah. I wished we could have had about three more cautions because on those man on restarts, he was checked out. Well, starting on the top row, uh, and as he mentioned, competing with Kozlowski to even get the second spot there for a couple of laps, and and I did chuckle when he was talking about hitting the wall, but I got no problem with it. I mean, he's doing anything and everything he can to stay on the lead lap, and he's trying his best to get up there with the leaders. So coming from 20th to be third, running third at some point under 100 laps to go is quite an achievement, I thought. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple ways you can look at it. You can be the the camp that says, you know, we're lucky to get ninth, seeing as we started 20th and had right. unscheduled stop for a loose wheel and needed two lucky dogs and that we're lucky. Or you can look at it uh, through the lens of that we showed resiliency in the wake of crisis moments by starting 20th and having two lucky dogs and an unscheduled pit stop. So both are probably right. The fact, the fact of the matter is we, we did get some lucky breaks in the fact that we were restarting on the outside in those last four or five restarts, which, by the way, covered ha- the last half of the race. And then also – we were a short-run car. How often does yeah. that happen? Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, that never happens. We actually the, were better on the short runs than we were the long runs. I think the back-end housing might have had something to do with that, as uh, rear-end housing, as Dale Jr. was saying. But, uh, listen, I, I, I really appreciate the effort. I would much rather have a team and a driver that's great in race trim and great in a race than just a great qualifier. And I'd rather have it the way that we have it. But having said that, as Dale Jr. said, that's and you can tell how much it bothers him, it bothers everybody. Qualifying to win a championship, Mike, that's got to improve during the chase. Qualifying, pit stops, there's a lot of things that actually need to be – the overall speed. I think Jr. said it, said it in his audio at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, they recognize the fact that they're not as fast as some of these other teams and they're trying to find out. Uh, hmm. uh, how to get that? And when he said Jeff, he's talking about Doug Ducart and Jeff. He wasn't talking about Jeff Gordon. He was talking about Jeff Andrews, uh, the motor guy. So uh, those are those are uh, things that they're having to do, and they know that they got just a short time to do it now because Chase starts uh, soon. You got yep, just a few right. races left. So two weeks from now it's Darlington. Then it's three weeks from now it's Richmond on a Saturday night, and that's it. Yeah. And it's playoffs time, if you will. All right, let's hear some in car audio here, Amanda. Let's start with uh, what happened. Early on, lap 50, they, they pitted from 16th, and they put uh, two right-side uh, tires on, and uh, there were some lug nut problems. Let's hear that. We have to come back down and pit, put the rest of the lug nuts on the right front, change left-side tires, full of fuel. Here it comes. Yeah, 10 four. Be one to go next time, by. You got time for the lift. You're good, buddy. Go, go, go. Yeah, you're and- fine. Pace cars not even entering threes. And, you know, seven laps later on the restart, Mike, 
starting 38th. So 38. That was, it cost him a lot of spots. You know, Bristol's been weird this year to us. If you think about the first race, uh, we had a loose wheel before we ever made a pit stop, which I didn't even know was possible. <laughs> and that happened to us. And then when we went to go change it, then we ended up having to get – I don't even remember. Amanda was. I can't think of the part, but uh, when a loose wheel will rub, sometimes the. Um, I don't. Forgive me, I'm not a car person, but the I just I, that I, it hangs on. You are the wife of a car up. person. Right. Yeah, I know, but it's it's just ain't like any other husband and wife. It goes in one ear and out the other. So. <laughs> <laughs> but there, you know, I guess basically what the tire hangs on, I think, can get damaged if the loose wheels. And, rubbing and, on it. And so NASCAR had a policy where they had to approve this, that, and the other. We ended up a couple laps down. Still came back and finished 16th, I believe. So uh, it's just been a weird track for us this year. I remember that. And, yeah, with Kylie, forever we were hoping to get the lucky dog and get back to one lap down instead right. of two laps down. Right. Yeah, that was crazy. Right. All right, 68 laps of green flag racing after that and uh, went a lap down during that uh, span and uh, picked up 11 spots. Here's uh, Greg Ives, crew chief, on what was going on at lap 125. If all the leaders in front of us, TJ, pit, we're going to have to take the wave around. Yes, all the leaders in front of us pitted. Yeah, 10-4. Looks like they all pitted in front of us. We'll take the wave around here. Okay, 10-4. So we got about 80 laps we could go on this tank here, so it's got to be nice and patient, nice and smooth. And that's exactly what they were, very patient. So uh, you look at it uh, here, Mike, a couple laps later, they, they restart in, in 21st. Caution comes out. They did lose a couple of spots there, but as uh, some long green flag runs were going, they were picking up a bunch of spots. Yeah, I mean, they got, they got fortunate there because they had a caution to come out 14 laps later, uh, and so they were able to come in, pit, get caught up, uh, get caught up on gas and everything. So it, that was another lucky break that I failed to even consider. Um, when we were talking about our lucky breaks a little bit ago. So that was yeah. one. That was a key one. Lap 247, it went a lap down again, and act, but actually up to 17th. So if you think about all the issues at uh, lap uh, 50, when they went, then I guess uh, between lap 50 and lap 57, when they were 38th, by the time you get to lap uh, 250-47, they're in 17th. Right. So they've made up a tremendous amount of ground. But... Some damage was done to the right side, as Dale Jr. already talked about. Let's hear what he said during the race. I hit it pretty hard. Hard! I don't know. It was about the balance. I mean, you saw it, man. Took off great car, and then the right the front air pressures get way too high or something. It's real tight in the center. It don't change on the entrance and the exit, but it's real tight in the center. Okay, step off. We'll take a look at that right side. We're the first car one lap down. We'll get the lucky dog here so we can clean it up real good, guys. <laughs> this is the part where Dale Jr. actually said on the radio that he felt silly for hitting the wall. He was doing really well staying in front of Joey Logano. Was it Logano that was leading? Yes. yes. Yeah. Logano's mm-hmm. leading, and Dale Jr. actually held him off well. And then they he did for a, for, a for, a while. for a while. Yeah, and then he hit that corner, and it just shot right up and into the wall. And Joey went blowing by him, and Jr. says, Boy, I, I really feel silly about how that happened. And uh, but it does happen. I don't really feel like they, Amanda. I don't really feel like they lost any spots though, as they were working on all that damage. Uh, well, not okay. really. I mean, when you're getting the the lucky dog or the free yeah, pass, whatever, true. you know, you've got time to clean up that damage. You're at the tail end of the field, well, and really, you're kind of basically sitting because if he was the first car lap down, you're at the tail end. You're basically sitting in the same spot. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he actually gained the a spot. Time. He gained a spot because he never he, he didn't lose a position when he hit the wall. He was still thirteenth. And then Carl Edwards had a flat like 10 laps later. Yeah. Or yeah. not even 10 laps later. Carl mm-hmm. was running second or third. Second. Uh, uh, and then. Come on, Kip. So, Put the new tire on. So yeah. he, yeah. So Junior, when that caution came out at uh, 359, Junior was in 12th. Uh, the, the, that caution came out when uh, Kyle Larson hit the wall. Yeah. Hard. And that, to your point, they had come up to, to 13th. Again, a uh, lucky dog <laughs> going up to 12th at uh, lap 357. Great. They were up in the top 10 all the way to 9th at lap 370, which was just really amazing, given all the issues they had. Yeah. Uh, and Dale Jr. wanted to keep track of those lap cars. Right, keep track of the lap cars. We need one. We need odd numbers to pit, and we'll stay out. If even, even numbers come or nobody comes, what you want me to do? If we're odd, we're pitting. If one or more, you know, if any odd numbers come, we're staying out. If any 
if nobody or any evens come. Word comes. And no fuel, guys. No fuel. No takers, Greg. No takers. Okay. We'll pit. Isn't that amazing, the strategy? And for those that um, have always been ignorant to the sport and just don't give it a chance, uh, first of all, I don't really have any time for them. But secondly, (laughs) uh, one of the things that they just completely fail to or don't have any interest in trying to understand is the remarkable strategy that goes on in a NASCAR race. And there's how about that example right there? To the point we were talking about earlier, Mike, you know, if you're on the bottom, you're just going to get freight trained on a restart. And if you're at the top, you're going to pick up so many spots. And the driver knows that. The crew chief knows that. The spotter, everybody knows that. And obviously, spur of the moment, you're going to have to make that choice whether to pit or not. Well, and it worked out for them because they restarted 10th because one person behind him stayed out. So everybody in front of him stayed out. One person behind him stayed out. He came in ninth. And it actually gave him the preferred starting spot at 10th. Uh, so Picked it, up four spots. And, and right away. Right away. Right Went away. from 10th yeah. to 6th. That was a huge restart because the, the I don't know what happened on the inside. Like, it actually went slower than just its normal restarts on the bottom mm-hmm. line. Junior went shot Tenth out of a the cannon. sixth, and yeah. I think that he it, it actually went up to maybe even fourth and then mm-hmm. lost a couple spots on a, as the run went on. But uh, did restart in sixth at lap 429. And here are Greg Ives' thoughts about that. We're running six here. There's 13 cars on the lead lap, so pit here. We ain't going to not pit now and then another caution with 40 to go and then pit then. It'll be too late. At that four. Four tires here. I mean, if we finish six to 13, I don't give a Let's try to win. Yeah, at that four. You know, I know you know. Winning is going to be hard, but let's keep trying. I love it, man. God, I love it. I love hearing that. It's got to fire you up if you're a fan of the 88, hearing your driver say something like that. And uh, he certainly did, Mike. Gave it everything he had. And as he mentioned, he got up there with Kozlowski for a second, battling for second, but uh, ultimately finished in ninth on that long green flag run. And in the competition of the car as the long green flag went on, just didn't have much for those guys in the front. Another thing that was sort of unfortunate about Bristol was the long you end yeah. the race with a long green flag run. It's just something you don't you're not used to, and you don't you don't prepare yourself mentally for a <laughs> Bristol race where there's a long green flag run to end the race. Yeah, well, know? it was funny because uh, when he was battling Kozlowski for uh, second, and it was obvious that Kozlowski was taking his line away from him. Then immediate, I think Hamlin was maybe fourth, maybe it was Harvick, but uh, whoever was fourth. Immediately, I start saying, "Okay, pass, Junior, caution, fly, pass, Junior, yeah. caution, fly." Yeah, don't you know why so he's fourth though. No, <laughs> exactly. So he can restart and uh, and and get get up there again. But it it didn't happen, and I won't be making any more picks. So there you go. There's your recap of uh, what happened there in the night race at Bristol. All right, it's time for reaction theater and our chance to hand out some spy swag. One lucky person is going to receive either a pair of Spy earbuds or their wireless speaker. If you aren't lucky enough to win, don't forget you can go online to spyoptic.com and get yourself a pair of Dale Jr. Signature 88 Shades. It includes the Dirty Mo, McCoy, Quanta General, and Farah for the ladies. Once you are ready to check out, enter discount code NATIONWIDE88 and get 20% off of that purchase. All right, let's hear them. I'm sure I'm going to get destroyed. <laughs> Not the result we were looking for tonight. Didn't want to see Logano in victory lane. Wanted to see Dale Jr. there, of course, but way to battle all night. Car was a lap down a couple of different times, but Greg and the boys battled back, got the car right. We'll be ready to go for next week. Very proud of the run Dale had tonight. Great job, boys. Dale, yeah. Dale, yeah. Great call. So far, so good for you, Taylor. Yeah, I love these guys. This is great. Who's next? Well, I don't know who's not getting all their lug nuts tight down there, but, man, it's getting ridiculous. I'm sure Amanda could have done a better job getting all five Whoa. tight. I'm just playing around. But uh, <laughs> you know, we had a pretty solid night. You know, obviously overcame getting trapped a lap down, got those lucky dogs. But uh, Junior did a hell of a job in those restarts and picking up spots. But, uh, you know, night's not too bad considering what we overcame. So I'm going to go in the off week and just chill, and hopefully we can get back at it at Darlington. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Dale, yeah, you know, um, I've been trained to defend women, uh, being that I'm married to one and have two daughters. In in fairness to Amanda, I bet she could probably change lug nuts better than I could. 
So well, here's a I true don't know story. that it's fair to pick on her. I actually tried to simulate a pit stop in my living room one night, and I about blew my knee out. So oh. after that happened, I was okay, just like, I'm not. done. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm done with this. <laughs> Were you drinking? I probably was. <laughs> I, Kip was probably trying to defend himself on something, and I was like, it, it you're, you have an easy job, and then I – yeah, I mean, I was asking not because of you almost <laughs> blowing your knee out, but how you got the idea to simulate a pit stop in your living room <laughs> yeah. in, the, I, in the first place. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems like there might have been something cold involved. All right, who's next? To be a lap down three times, come back and get a damn top ten finish. That's a hell of a day. That mm-hmm. says a lot. Ain't no quit in this 88. got to give them that, even though that car was a piece of <laughs> Come back for a ninth place finish. And please, Taylor, do not oh. predict a win again. None of y'all. Don't say anything about winning Darlington. Maybe we'll show up there, and uh, I ain't going to say it either. Make something happen. There, yeah. There, yeah. Kyle's doing so well. <laughs> uh, no, he's he's right. I'm not going to be making any more predictions. Since we are so superstitious, though, maybe we need to get uh, your, your boy Datto to start running again. Because remember two years ago when he started running, those last nine – remember this, Mike – if they would have had the format they've got now two years ago, Dale Earnhardt Jr. would have won the championship. And Datto started running before every single race. Well, let me tell you something. Datto was at Bristol. Oh. Datto, Datto was there, and he sends me a text because uh, I had arranged for him some tickets for him and some buddies. Is He says, thanks for the seats. I'll be talking about yesterday for a long time. I haven't read the news yet, but I kind of remember that race being boring. <laughs> didn't stop me from having a good time. <laughs> clearly, clearly. Well, that's great that he went to the race, but, again, we get need him to call into Reaction Theater and start running if we're going to win a championship. I'm just saying. I mean, if works. he's a team player, right? do what you got to do, man. That's right. Who's next? All of a sudden, Kyle Busch has become the greatest racer on We all know he was good in trucks. We all know he was good in Xfinity, but never in the sprint. And all of a sudden, he's the best racer. Well, excuse me, they gave him too many concessions to get into the chase. But when Junior had a concussion, they gave him no concession. He had to try. This is nothing but a setup by NASCAR. So all I have to say is go, Junior, go. Show them and win the championship. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I love this for no other reason that usually when people are talking about conspiracy theories, they're they're saying that Junior is the recipient of the, uh, you know, the uh, gets the yeah, good end of this it. This time now he's getting screwed. Right, NASCAR. no yeah. NASCAR, never trying to kick a man wise down. I guess. Listen, you you know good and well. <laughs> I've made it very clear on this podcast that I'm not a, a, the biggest fan of the way that NASCAR ruled on that. However, is he saying that just now Kyle Busch knows what he's doing uh, in the Cup Series? Uh, a few years ago, he he won all three races truck Xfinity and cup races at Bristol, which had never been done before. He's won 33 races at the cup level, 73 Xfinity races, which is a record, and 44 truck races. Uh, I don't think all of a sudden Kyle Busch in 2015 learned how to drive. I think he's known how to do that for a while. Well, if he keeps it up, he might make something of his life. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what? That guy in the 18 car, yeah, he's pretty good. He's got some upside to him. Yeah. By by all means, I don't want to compliment him too much, or I'll be the one out there pushing him when he's out of fuel, right? Yeah, Mike Davis and Kyle Busch, Rowdy Radio. (laughs) Rowdy Radio. Who's next? So I'm not going to lie. After we had to come back down pit road again to change the tires, I was really I was ready to say, let's fire every guy on the pit team. But, you know, after the end of the race, I noticed that you guys really bounced back. You fought all night, and that was good. That's championship form right there to be able to make something that bad that has happened turn into something good. I am more concerned. I think we should be leading more laps. These guys that were racing for the championship, they're out there, and they're competing, and they're in contention to win every weekend, and it seems like we're kind of lagging behind. Dale, yeah. Hashtag five beers. Dale, yeah. I can't disagree. Uh, I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, it's quite like you see it. I mean, uh, definitely needs more speed. Need to catch up with some of the no guys. No doubt about it. But who would you rather be right now at Hendrick Motorsports? Well, I, I've always wanted to rather be us, even when Jimmy was winning championships. But maybe I'm a little biased. But no, I, get listen, where, I get what your point is, Taylor. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to suggest they're as fast as the Penske guys or the Gibbs guys right now, who are both – both of those teams are on fire. Uh, but – you know, I do think that right now in Hendrick, they're the most competitive car. But like Junior said, it's cyclical. And if there's going to be a swoon during the year, I want it to happen in the summer for sure. 
You know, the thing about Jimmy, I, I can't I can't figure out what's going on with Jeff Gordon. I, I can't. I quit yeah. trying to figure that out a long time ago. Barely in the uh, chase right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, and even Casey. But Jimmy He's not has Casey's the most, out of the chase. Jimmy has the most weird things that are happening to him, like uncharacteristic 48 things. Do, do, yeah. do you see that? It, it like last a, week when he missed his pit stall. It, I mean, it does feel it, it does feel a little extreme. Like he's had some summer swoons before, but this one probably takes the cake. Uh, but again, what we said, Casey Kane is in 18th place right now, and I mean he is 37 points out of 16th place with two races to go. So almost certainly needs to get a win at Darlington or at Richmond in order to qualify for the chase. And if two people win races that are outside the top 16 jeff gordon is in a world of trouble all right who's next look i just left the race i'm walking back to my car right now i am proud of dale for sure three left down or two something like that finish night that's pretty good but do it with all right hendrick get together pit crew get together kind of playing games overall good finish yeah yeah let's go baby Mike, I don't have any problem with Joey Logano personally at all. I'm, I don't, I don't really know him very well, but I just, I can't stand to watch him win races. I'm gonna be honest with you. And, it, and I know Junior and Matt Kenseth are boys, but watching Kenseth and Logano, Kenseth and Logano win races, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm sure maybe some people that are listening to this podcast can tweet me and tell me if I'm crazy or not. I just can't stand watching those guys win races. Here's some- oh boy. Taylor? Taylor? Hey, you there? What there was that? <laughs> I got so animated just now uh, that I turned off the equipment with my big left toe, uh, the power cord. I turned the, that little orange button that's lit up yeah. on your power strip. Yeah, I, I turned it off. <laughs> I don't, I just, I'm tired of watching Logano and Kenseth win the races, all right? What do you want me to say? Yeah, you, you got so upset that you killed the power to, to your... <laughs> Am I alone when, when I say that, Mike? Are you pleading the fifth on that? I mean, I've, no, I've been I've been saying this all year. I mean, I don't I don't care to watch uh, Logano win races. I, I do. I am impressed with his talent. Sure, but I'm not so much inclined to uh, gravitate towards his personality or lack of. Um, yeah, like I mean, I, listen. Know, there's as, nothing. As, I like old school. There's nothing old school about him. Right. Um, it's he's like he's like new money. Well, I'll tell you this now. There are some there are some young guns like uh, Kyle Larson's having a really tough year. But like if he wins a race, I, I don't know. I, I get fired up watching him uh, drive around for some reason. But I, I, you know how I, I, I've always liked Jimmy. Uh, I love Kevin Harvick, M- Martin Truex. Those guys. If Junior's not going to win a race, then those are the guys that I want to see win. But I don't know, man. The, during the Latart era. After Dale Jr. won at Daytona, we've had a lot of Logano and Kenseth wins. Yeah, yeah. It's... I'm blame Latart. Well, you you start predicting wins for Logano, we'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play one more. I'm here for the Dale when he's trying to get this money for the rent. But Thunder Valley always losing span. clever uh very clever and and quite funny i have to say uh it was not the most beautiful version i've ever heard but uh definitely give him credit now he's won before has he not mike he has that's uh but but you know what uh he definitely has help with this i wonder if yeah. 
Can we listen, give it to her? Listen, yeah. this this is what I'm down to. It's either it's got to be Submarine Mike there with that uh, little right. hip hop version, of, or it's the dude that, or, that or called it's me number out. Number three. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. See, I was voting get, for the guy that called yeah. Taylor out. Myself. I think we should uh, give it to the guy that called me out. I deserve it, uh, Mike. So. That was good, though, buddy. That was yeah. really good. <laughs> I, I, I'm impressed. Caller number three, congratulations, and you get the spy swag this week. Reaction Theater is open 24-7. All you have to do is call toll-free 1-855-740-1902. If you do call toll-free, please let us know because I didn't know that was still possible, and you can leave us your voicemail message. And we'll play the best each week right here on Dirty Mo Radio. Time now for It Takes a Nation, presented by Nationwide. So at the beginning of this podcast, Dell Jr. spoke about being in a wedding this weekend. He even said that he was going to be taking notes uh, to apply to his own wedding. So I figured, you know, we need to talk to the guy who, whether he realizes it or not, might be a little bit of inspiration to Junior's wedding, whenever that is. So Jake Backer, if you didn't have pressure on you already this weekend, first of all, congratulations uh, for, Thank you. for your wedding coming up, but I don't know, man. I feel a little bit more pressure for you if Junior's taking notes. Well, you you got to perform well yeah, here. I'm not, I'm not sure what he's going to be able to take out of, of our wedding. I just hope that my only fears are that you know we get good weather and that uh, my fiance shows up. Yeah. Because I told her <laughs> uh, yesterday that I had had dreams three nights in a row that uh, that she didn't show up to the wedding. So. As long as she shows up and it doesn't rain, then, then we'll be good. If the only note that Dale Jr. leaves with is make sure the bride shows up, then you've done your job. Which is key to every good wedding. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> You're getting married Saturday, is it? That's correct. Yep, we're getting married Saturday evening uh, here right outside of, outside of Charlotte. Awesome. Well, let's let's tell people what you do. Uh, you actually are one of the key members on Team Junior. Me and Laura Scott sort of kind of gave us that name years ago, and you have been on this uh, 88 team for a long time. Uh, you're an account rep at Hendrick Motorsports. Can you kind of explain what you do and, and how you came to know Junior? Yeah, so I have been the account rep on the 88 for, I think this is my fifth season. It's almost five full years now. Um, and I oversee all of the sponsorships for his car at Hendrick. So the Nationwide, Diet Mountain Dew, Microsoft, Kelly Blue Book, Valvoline, um, all those partners um, work through me um, to activate around Dale. So, you know, commercial spots, production days, uh, appearances, uh, all that stuff. They work through me on that. So I came to do it because I was working for actually Pepsi's marketing agency uh and when amp signed dale uh at the end of 2007 beginning of 2008 uh, i went over and started working on uh the racing program over there and i got to know the people at hendrick and got to know dale and then i came over at the end of 2010 uh to be in my current role so uh, and then you know kind of from there him and i just became buddies and uh when him and amy, amy started dating and I started bringing Lisa over, Amy and Lisa became real good friends. So we've just kind of, you know, been been getting better and better friends ever ever since. Yeah, and that's awesome. You, you have been a, a great friend of the program and uh, looking forward to your marriage with Lisa, who is also a, a friend of ours, and, and we love her to death. Yeah. So this is a good way to spend an off weekend if I'm you, get, getting married to yeah. Lisa. Well, yeah. Well, and I said that was really my one – I didn't have a hesitation to ask Dale to be in the wedding, but – you know, I never like to ask him to do stuff. Right. <laughs> uh, and with it being his, you know, his last off weekend, um, I, I kind of had a little bit of anxiety about it because I, you know, I wanted him to be able to have some off time and go on vacation or do something. But he was great about it and was excited. And yeah, there's really no better way for for me to be spending my last off weekend. When you're in this sport, people don't realize you got to schedule key events around off weekends. Uh, I had to do the That's same thing with my wedding. Yeah, uh, the, the week there's after there's Homestead. Wedding is, weekends a year. That's right. That's how it, how it works. So okay, so yeah, you you don't like asking junior stuff, but if you're the account rep and you represent these sponsors, I, you know what? I feel like Valvoline or Nationwide, somebody might want to just throw a hat on him for your wedding, and you would have to be the one. <laughs> To have to ask him to do that, how can we make yeah, this happen? This is this is going to be a non-branded event. <laughs> uh, that was part of the that was part of the deal I had to sign with him. I got gotcha, you. So yeah, we, 
he's not going to have to wear a T-shirt, right? Right. Uh, no, and, I, and and we're we're keeping it pretty casual. I almost didn't even have him wear a tie, but uh, <laughs> as long as he'll throw on a tie and a tie tack, he'll be fine. This is awesome. That's great. All right, listen, this has been a busy week for you, not just because of weddings, but because of sponsor announcements. Uh, you un, y'all unveiled a, an awesome paint scheme this week uh, with the '88 Valvoline car that's going to run at Darlington. Can you give us a little bit of insight on how that developed and how much? Uh, in, I mean, Junior was chomping at the bit to get this thing announced, and it was everything you could do just to kind of keep him quiet, right? But how, how did that yeah. develop, and how did we get to this awesome paint scheme? Well, you know, when, when Valvoline came to us with the, the idea um, after Darlington announced that they wanted to do this whole throwback scheme, I mean, it was really it was really an easy process for us, easier than it is normally, just because, you know, Dale's super into the history of sport, and Kale pretty much laid it out there for him, you know, with the paint scheme that he ran back in the 80s, so... All we really had to do was mimic exactly what he did. Um, Dale's a, a big stickler on details, especially when it comes to paint schemes and fire suits and, you know, things like that. Um, a lot of the time, you know, we'll go through 20, 30 rounds of revisions until we get something exactly how he wants it. But with this, all he wanted to do was keep it exactly like Kale had it. So, you know, down to every last detail uh, we had to match. So we went through a bunch of old photos, and uh, we actually found one photo where Kale was standing in front of the car and had these bright blue Carolina shoes on. <laughs> so we went and had uh, Alpine Stars make those up to, to match exactly what wow. he had. But yeah, this one was pretty easy for us. Not much back and forth. Valvoline was, has been great to work with. Uh, we went out to Darlington a couple weeks ago and uh, took some photos and got some interviews with, with Dale and Kale and you know, kind of talked about the history of their brand and the in in the sport and it was a pretty fun day so it's been it's been really easy so far and uh i think the car is going to look great on track it will what was kale like to work with kale was awesome i was surprised how funny he was yeah you know he uh he was a little bit under the weather i think he had just had shoulder surgery and his his knee was bothering him a little bit but uh he was in super high spirits and you know it was it was neat to just be able to sit there and kind of watch him and dale interact and you know talk about Valvoline and talk about kind of his history at Darlington. It was just a, a neat day. Well, brother, congratulations again. We're happy for you. It's going to be a good week. Try not to think about work because uh, you, you need to concentrate on making sure Lisa shows up. That's important. <laughs> because, again, I, you don't want to be the guy that actually talks Junior out of this whole marriage business. Like, you don't want to be that guy, yeah. do you? No, no, I don't think anybody can, can talk him out of it at this point. I think he's a, he's a lucky guy, and he made a good decision. He sure did. Uh, both of you guys did. Hey, Junior Nation, did you know that you can get a special discount when you switch to Nationwide? you got to call 877-697-2246 or visit nationwide.com forward slash Junior Nation for more information. And remember, Nationwide is on your side. All right, let's throw the white flag. White flag right there, white flag. Well, this white flag is brought to you by Esmeralda's Fortune Telling and Palm Reading, official fortune tailor for Taylor Zarzer and his sports prediction since 2007. Call, <laughs> call Esmeralda at 855-740-1902 and leave her a voicemail on yeah. why you should be her next client. Unbelievable. <laughs> I picked Jason Day to win the, the PGA, and I was feeling good, and didn't work out. I'm done. So, Esmeralda, that's who you go to, huh? That's from now on, yes. Yeah. That's who I will be going to. I wanted Valvoline to sponsor this because of just how badass that car looks for Darlington. But, hey, that's fine. Well, I, I understand. Speaking of Valvoline, I was going to speak a little bit more to that. They do more than lubricate your motor. They do great paint schemes. Dale Jr. unveiled the, unveiled the Darlington paint scheme yeah. on Monday. Uh, you can go check his uh, Twitter feed out for that. It's a 1981 Kale Yarborough paint scheme, and it leads me to ask the question, Taylor, how do you think that they unveiled paint schemes back in 1981? That's a good question. I don't know. Not on Twitter. No, no. With Linda Vaughn posing next to him? That's the oh, only thing I could think of. I got a good Linda Vaughn story. <laughs> Maybe I'll save that one for next episode. It's funny. It's Did funny. Kale go out on his property in South Carolina and just scream, hey, we got a new paint scheme this week? No, I just figured they just unloaded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably, what that's probably happened, how yeah. they unveiled paint schemes yeah. back then. Uh, Junior, he said this in his audio, but Junior and the number 88 team is testing down at Homestead Miami Speedway this week. Taylor, has Esmeralda given you any insight into how that test will go? I'm never going to hear the end of this, am I? <laughs> As you know, the Cup Series is off this week, but the Xfinity Series is still going. 
It is just happens to be a road course. Does Esmeralda actually remember who won the last road course Good in the Xfinity God, Series? Here we go. I'm just curious. I'm yeah. asking if I, – I, I don't know. I don't talk. Regan Smith. That's right. Esmeralda remembers. <laughs> Regan Smith, Chase Elliott, and Ben Rhodes will get after it at Road America this weekend. Oh, qualifying cool. and the race is on Saturday, both televised on NBC Sports Network. Lastly, you'll want to see the show Raceline this week as they are airing a feature on – wait on it. Dirty Mo Radio. That's right. We're excited about this. Raceline is televised on MAV TV on Saturday mornings at 9:30 a.m. Eastern Time. You can also check it out on RacelineOnline.com. Now, now tell me, you, you're going to have to repeat that again. Somebody's doing what on Dirty Mo Radio on television? Do yeah. I have to put a suit on? No, it's already been taped. We oh, actually okay. they they taped uh, Regan Smith's podcast, Junior Motorsports, up front. Oh, okay. And uh, they got Regan and they uh, wanted the big the guns. Guys. All right, well, yeah, well, <laughs> if you want to see, oh, they okay. wanted us, but then your prediction was so <laughs> you didn't miserable. Want, you didn't want to show my guns with the sleeveless Dale with the Wrangler T-shirt again. You were you were uh, <laughs> queued up to be the the focal point of this feature for, on Raceline, and then your prediction just completely yeah. whiffed. And they said, Man. "We got we got." Can you imagine else. if he would have won? God, that would have been great. You know what was funny about that, Taylor? Even TJ, like you, you came out with you know with yeah, your and he was like, uh, nope. And Taylor, <laughs> he and was Taylor's like, yeah. looking around the room for support. And TJ's like, you ain't getting it from me. <laughs> yeah, he's like, man. Hey, he looks at me. He goes, how the hell are we going to get past qualifying? And I was like, God, this may not go so well. <laughs> so, so really, TJ's the one to. Uh, yeah, you know, what a downer. No, and I'm just saying his prediction is probably more accurate. Uh, that's unfair, but oh well. Well, TJ didn't call a win for Darlington, but he did feel pretty good going there. He did. So. That's true. That's true. Well, we'll get him to really start making picks if that happens. I did notice a, a tweet from – somebody went to Taylor and said, uh, leave the stupid stuff to Mike Davis. He does it better. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. That was funny. <laughs> I cracked up. That's pretty funny. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's another episode of the Dale Jr. Download presented by Aspire. Thanks to Dale Jr. Thanks to Amanda. Thanks to Mike. I'm Taylor. I'm done with predictions. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo Radio. Well, that'll wrap another episode of the Dale Jr. Download presented by Spy. And guys, remember, go online to spyoptic.com. Choose your favorite Dale Jr. signature 88 pair of sunglasses. And when you're at checkout, enter discount code NATIONWIDE88 and make sure you get your 20% off your purchase. Happy shopping, guys.